can murder a liberator, but you can't murder liberation. You can murder a revolutionary, but you can't murder a revolution. And you can murder a freedom fighter, but you can't murder freedom. Covered. I got tone. It's clicking over. We're ready to click, rock click, and roll. Rock. My name's Matt. He's Bob. We're Matt and Bob. We're here to pod. We're gonna be talking about Judas and the Black Messiah. You're listening to the Analysis. In addition to Bob, we got a, a friend of the pod, and in the um, the animated Ring of Honor, Barry Irving pulling double <laughs> duty, two pods in one week, and uh, the first with the full the full armament. How you doing? Uh, yeah, yeah. Great to be back. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, Barry, you come in bunches, man. It's like we don't hear from Barry for like eight months, and then he just doesn't <laughs> leave the show for three or four episodes. And it's kind of funny the way that works out. Come in stints, you know. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a designated hitter, uh, you know, when it, when it comes to uh, material that we shouldn't really be talking about. But, you know, we got, <laughs> uh, Soul, you know, uh, yeah. Black Panther Moon, uh, you know, Black History Month. We got to get Barry on. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, what do you, this this movie was really good, right, guys? I mean, this this is comes on the tail end of Oscar season. Um, films can qualify up until the twenty eighth of February. the The Oscars are going to be on April twenty fifth. So, I mean, this still counts as a twenty twenty Oscar con- contender, and it it's it's awesome. Um, what do you guys think? It feels like HBO and Warner Brothers actually might be a player this year. I think this, and I'm sure once we unpack the movie a little bit, we'll talk about award season on the back end, but I really enjoyed it. It was very interesting because it reminded me of a few different types of movies. I know I was texting Barry once I had finished it, but it reminded me first actually of Donnie Brasco and kind of that affection that an inside man starts to to gain for the people that he's supposed to be spying against or giving up critical intel to the government or to the police. And so it first reminded me of Donnie Brasco or a little bit of The Departed. It reminded me a little bit of Black Klansman just with the whole, with the era and in the inside man going on with that as well. So it reminded me a few of those, but I really, was engaged uh, especially with Fred Hampton and when he was on screen uh, loved Bill O'Neill and and loved kind of the, the internal struggle that he was going on and it, it lagged a little bit in act two but overall I thought it really kind of drove the critical messages home and, and also I thought it was really interesting that we have another political movie set in Chicago in the 60s. Chicago 7 earlier in the season and, and now ending the season with this was me and Barry sitting in Chicago right now during a snowstorm. I thought that was pretty interesting as well. Yeah. Yeah. I think like, I actually, I know we, we had spoken about, I had spoken about how I had been, had sort of been holding off on seeing um, Chicago seven, just knowing the story and knowing that like my end to that movie would definitely have been the black Panthers and knowing that they were just kind of like, 
a subplot of that story, how they're not actually involved in the inciting incident. And I didn't really want to necessarily watch a, a gagging scene without really getting a good representation of the Black Panthers because um, I just think throughout, you know, throughout cinema and throughout, you know, the media, there is such a, um, a polarizing uh, image of, of the Black Panthers. Like everyone, yeah. even regardless of your opinion on them, like, you know, you know, like the Black Berets, the Black clothing and like the militancy, everyone knows those stories. Um, I actually, <laughs> I think about the scene in, um, Forrest Gump. I was when, just about to say, I'm sorry. When, uh, sorry you know, I'm sorry for interrupting your Black Panther party. You know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, th there's such a there's such a like a two dimensional image of of what of what this group of men or this group of men and women um, represented, and it was really nice to see a, a fuller fuller picture of that. What they meant to their community, what they did for their community, all the while getting a legitimately entertaining crime drama. I, 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 I was just really, really blown away and really impressed with this film. Yeah, man, this, this was a lot of fun, first of all. I mean, it's not just like, it's not a history, it's not just a straight up history lesson, like let's say Gandhi or, or these biopics that are like, feel like you're in class. This was like exciting and it's it gets yeah. you riled up. And like, man, Daniel Kalula and Lakeith Stanfield are like on an absolute heater like completely yeah. dialed in and just crushing this movie um and like you said uh bob those are great comps and actually i was reading that uh the director uh was it uh, shaka king he uh his pitch to the studio was this movie is going to be the conformist meets the departed hmm. uh the conformist was like a, a movie from 1970 uh bernardo bernarducci i mean yeah right on with that it's just like uh the inside man i mean like all of those you can point there was um any movie where there's like like a like like a rat or like the fbi has has turned uh, an informant i mean this must be ter it, it happens so much throughout history especially during you know the 50s 60s 70s it's just so gross what, like the, the levels that people were trying to undermine all these these groups that were you know just you know, just standing up for human rights and just getting yeah. murdered it I mean, we've had a lot of movies this year where it just really gets the blood boiling, especially after, uh, you know, the, the riots, the protests. Uh, you see a movie like Chicago 7, you see a movie like this, um, countless others where it's just like, you know, the black experience and you're just like every single time, it's like, man, nothing changes. It's so frustrating. Yeah. And it's like, you can't, you can't imagine that it's, it was happening back then, but, but now today it hasn't really gotten that much better. And you're like, of course that shit would happen, you know, Edgar Hoover is like this disgusting villain, an unrecognizable Martin Sheen in this. I thought to Barry's point about giving a more three-dimensional look at the Panthers, because to, to your point, I know you were telling a joke, Barry, but that was my first introduction to the Black Panthers when I was a kid was <laughs> yes, a lot of people. in Forrest Gump. But I really think this movie shows that these men were motivated not just by the the militaristic point of view that I originally had, but you know, they were really motivated by love and, and love of their own brothers, their own, their, their, their Panther brethren. And they were also motivated by love of their people. And that's, yeah, that's where the Messiah comes in is because you know, there's, there's a lot of great moments with Fred here where he could take the money and, and flee and, 
kind of live a safe life. And he's like, oh, that, you know, how many kids that can feed in our food program, which by the way, is still going on, or we can open up a medical hospital or something. But there was, they, they really do try to connect these people and, and give these people a deeper perspective. And, and also to your point, Matt, we're looking at, and, and this was something that's been talked about a lot, recently, but just like the, the right and wrong ways to protest, you know, and, and, and MLK is always viewed in one certain light and was taught to me in a pre pre predominantly white school as one thing and Malcolm X is, is painted as a, as a completely different thing and one's the right way to protest and one's the wrong way to protest and I really was taken by that scene at the chalkboard when he's talking to the coalition and he's like, you know, war versus politics and really politics is war and war is politics in in many different ways and then you start to see some of these scenes play out and it looks like a war zone in chicago when the police are attacking the panther headquarters and it's like oh shit this looks like a fucking war zone right now this is not a political situation yeah, anymore and it was because yeah. they were threatening the, the the way of life the, the white elitism that hoover was trying to stand against yeah, the, there's some good set pieces for that stuff, like uh, the shootout, and uh, it it almost gives you like a weird sense of satisfaction, right? It's like, yeah, fuck yeah, like take the you know take these pigs down, yeah. <laughs> and you're obviously kind of, but but then it's imagine actually living that, and like no no no, we, we gotta, you know, we we have to stand for something more than violence, and uh, God, it's it must it just makes your blood boil just thinking about what these people were going through and how they could have possibly kept kept it peaceful and, and not just gone to war like you know like that uh that kid who kind of went rogue and just was just shooting people up and then his mom's like that's i don't that's not his legacy i don't i don't want that to be him and that was a good that was a good plot part of the plot as well the so legacy you see these people snapping and then you know they they're they're armed up and then it's it's just not going to get you anywhere right you just mm -hmm. the, the solutions are so far down the tunnel it's hard to kind of see the forest for the trees and that you know a guy like fred hampton was 21 which is crazy uh what an incredible order um and i i just thought his speeches were uh, delivered so powerfully and you can see uh, at the end he kind of really nails the cadence of that guy's speech right yeah he really like he he he, he kind of channels this the 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 essence of 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 what Fred Hampton was, he doesn't necessarily look like Fred Hampton, mm -hmm. but but he he definitely commands. Like you you look at him and you can tell he is the leader, and he he definitely has that that chairman esque command of of the stage and of the group. And I I, I think the the film does a good job of also like not necessarily painting him as a saint either. Like he does bring these kids you mentioned him being 21 that's the general age of most of these characters these are kids and they're in very real danger and and the film does a good job of 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 sort of showing that and yeah i just i just really i really thought i just really thought it was really well done it, it's working on a few different levels and i i do like that fred finds the similarities and he's able to bridge those gaps between he doesn't see a lot of differences between a poor white man and a poor black man 
and he's talking and he goes into those meetings and he goes into those different parts of the neighborhood and, and he's, he's really connecting with them. He's like, really, is my experience that much different than yours? And yeah, he's, what a great approach. I love that's, this. That's what made him dangerous. That's, yeah, that's why they wanted to get rid of him. That's why they were like, lock him up for anything. Fucking ice cream. I don't care. You have to get him off the streets because he's dangerous to us. And and that's why you get that like really gross scene where fake Philip Seymour Hoffman, Jesse Plemons, and Hoover are talking. And he's like, hey, what are you going to do when your daughter brings home a black man? And you know, it really did threaten the elitists, the, 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 the political elite in terms of the the influence that he was having on the streets what do you guys think about jesse plemons by the way when you got guys fake philip seymour hoffman i was i was i was having i was gonna make that exact comparison he's definitely starting to to fill that void for sure he's well he's he plays such a good person to hate i guess he's got a very punchable face whether it's breaking bad or this or some of his other movies He, he has this weird energy and this this, yeah punchable face kind of energy which i thought worked really well for this kind of sleazy ass cop and you're like bill why why is this guy your fucking hero why is he your mentor i don't i i I don't think it had anything to do with that i think it's just trying to save his own skin right i think the bill character is just wildly selfish Um, well both things are true he does mention uh that that uh roy mitchell i think is his name was his like role model he looked at him like a role model but it that's definitely but the the self preservation is definitely like what is through the entire the entire thing and and i think lakeith wow like talk about a layered performance people talk about like oh he's struggling with what he's doing i don't necessarily see it as like struggling i think cuz like there's moments when you see like a genuine smirk and like there's a part of this that is actually thrilling for Bill. And, and it, it was a really captivating experience to just see the multiple emotions being em- emoted at once. I think he's remorseful, though, especially at the end where you're trying to figure out whether or not he, he did do the, the drugging at the end. And you can see him very just honestly breaking up as he's exiting the house. I think he is remorseful, even though when he's in that interview in the 70s for the documentary, he's playing it off like, oh, I was part of the solution. You know, these people were sowed hate just as much as the KKK, and I was part of the fixing of that problem. Fucking love me or hate me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm, and, I'm not, and I'm not saying he didn't, he didn't wrestle with it. I'm, 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 I'm just saying I think that there is, I think you see the 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 pleasure there there is a there is a there is a kick that he gets out of it that i that you can that you can sort of see in, in bits and pieces yeah he's definitely kind of coached by uh, agent mitchell right like he, he constantly brings it up like they're doing the same thing the kkk does right like what's the difference what's the difference and then he's like yeah maybe you're right maybe i'm doing some good but then the fact that you know the the real person uh is on camera saying that like yeah i was part of the solution <laughs> after we just saw the scene where you know the chairman just murdered under false pretenses it's crazy like an assassination attempt by an fbi uh just because of a group that is kind of um against their policies and they were able to um and, and get away with it and then just like the stuff that uh the, the government has gotten away with throughout history is yeah. abominable it's just so crazy to me 
and this is a movie. I mean, I'm sure there's some liberties taken, but still, it's like, uh, I mean, that 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 should happen. You know what I mean? And then, um, yeah, I, I, it's cool to see that he like he was definitely playing up the uh, like the secret agent sort of. Like, he's got the new car, the, the the shades, the the outfit. He comes in. He's like he's meeting his handler. Like he definitely was having fun, kind of playing secret agent man. And then when it when it got real and he had to get his hands dirty, and and then they're like, hey. Um, you know, we just, we label this guy a rat from our rat and look what happened to him. You know, they poured bowling all over his dick and balls. And what do you think is going to happen to you? And he's like, Oh fuck. You know, just, and then they've got him. Right. Which I, which that's why I liked about Jesse Plemons. Cause he's like, nice guy, nice guy, nice guy. Like, Hey man, I'm helping you out. I'm keeping you out of jail. Like I'm your friend, I'm your buddy. And then like, yo, you're, you're, you're mine. You're trapped. Yeah. Uh, and that was kind of like the shark in the water. That's that snap. I thought was, both of those guys just played so well the dichotomy of and, and you know just playing both ends at once i thought it was kind of cool it's a really good point about how he's able to go from almost lovable agent mitchell to dude fuck you and, and you're really riding that wave with bill mm-hmm. in those scenes i i just i want to take a second lakeith stanfield and daniel kalua just both of those guys being in Get Out and Stanfield being in Atlanta. And, and like, honestly, you might be able to track this guy's filmography and see the change in Hollywood and the, the effort to try to get more Black stories and impactful Black stories into the ether. It's like you could almost just follow Lakeith Stanfield and, or even um, Thank You for Calling just like he's he's made just so many really interesting fucking stories right uh sorry to bother sorry you. to bother you or sorry to bother you sorry yeah that movie was crazy it's so good yeah i mean w- talk about being in the right place at the right time right i mean that guy is just like came onto the scene short term 12 and then is completely blown up uh and is just at the forefront of exactly what needs to be happening in hollywood and good for him and, and also daniel clulo as well which it makes me think about what Sam Jackson said when Get Out came out. He's like, could we have gotten an American actor, an African-American actor? Like, yeah. go fuck yourself, dude. Like, this guy is, is so talented. Yeah. Um, uh, just put him in everything. Um, which leads me to, I wanted to ask you guys, because I know you know, everyone here is a big fan of uh, Ma Rainey, obviously Chadwick Boseman. Uh, who, if it goes head-to-head, who do you guys got? Like, uh, Kalula or Samfield versus, versus Chadwick? Well, I know uh, Kaluuya is getting submitted as a supporting actor. Oh, he is. Okay. Yeah. That's going to be tough to beat if he's supporting. Um, And then what, Stanfield's kind of the lead? Yeah. I could see Kaluuya winning for sure for supporting actor. I just, it almost feels like he's the lead in this and it's because he's so captivating in, in all of his moments. I also like that we don't get a lot of his backstory. It's this abridged, it's not a full yeah. bi- biopic and you kind of mm-hmm. get parachuting yeah. in right in the critical moments of this life. And then he, he goes away to prison during some of the, the plot of the movie. And then when he comes back, it's like, oh shit, yeah. I've been, and, and I think that's when the movie dips is when he goes to prison, honestly. So that's even more of a justification for him to 
win the prize at the end of the year. Yeah, he's such a pillar of the movie. is so fascinating. And uh, yeah, to dive right into like the meat of what's going on, that's what so so cool. It's kind of thrown the genre on its head, right? Where it's not like, oh, here, you know, like like watching, you know, Ray or something where you see him like at birth and grow up and blah, blah, blah. You know, let's just get right into it. There's like, there's shit we need to say here. Let's just yeah. uh, sink or swim. The audience can kind of pick it up as we go here. And then to kind of build in the, the narrative of like, you know, Departed, a spy thriller, uh, Inside Man. It's, it's so we get the facts, but we're also entertained and, and excited and, and motive, you know, kind of uh, intellectually stimulated. It's just, mm-hmm. it's a lot going on at once. It's really successful, man. I thought it's, it's a great way to like, you know, a movie that was probably hard to get made uh, on paper uh, to really kind of make that uh, a thrilling, exciting entertainment while also having a lot to say. Uh, it's pretty hard to do. Yeah, yeah, I, I I definitely agree. Like it's it's totally it is totally that that crime drama, but at the same time, like it's not a biopic, but it is still like ripe with specificity and detail. And I know I read about um, Fred Hampton Jr. like being on set almost every day of filming. So like they mm-hmm. got they got the facts. The 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 ingredients are like in this film. But it's not a, you can't really call it a bio. If it's, if it's a biopic, it's like a biopic about the assassination more than it is like the man himself. Yeah. So like, help me out here, guys. Do you, did he kind of take over for Bobby Seal? Is that, is he kind of next in line? He dies and he's in, he's a character in Chicago 7. He's the guy who is talking to Bobby and trying to give him... Oh, um, he, he's kind of his legal advisor? Well, he, That's Fred he's, Hampton? He's constantly, like, whispering in his ear, trying to give him some sort of advice. I, he's obviously not a lawyer by any means, but then in halfway through Chicago 7, oh, in yeah, the plot, yeah. he dies. He's assassinated. That's right. And so Fred Hampton is a character in Chicago 7, and obviously Bobby Seale is mentioned in this movie. Yeah, well, also just to just to be specific, uh, Fred Hampton was the chairman of the Illinois chapter of the Black Panther Party. Bobby Seale and Huey Newton were the co-founders of the Black Panther Party, which started in Oakland. Gotcha, oh, gotcha. Bobby Seale's from Oakland. That's what it is. But yeah, he's, and he's he mentioned in Chicago Seven flying out to Chicago, like he had to be on a flight back and some stuff. Like he's not he's not from Chicago. He was in Chicago. Like a few hours. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was just there for a few hours, which is the whole thing. He's like, yo, I was like barely ever, I don't know these people. I was barely there. Yeah, I should have my own trial, exactly. Yeah. Um, I missed that overlap. What did you guys think? I, this this scene, one of my favorite scenes was when they start to cross-examine him because he spotted at at one of the rallies, one of the guys like, hey, that's the motherfucker that tried to jack us. And then <laughs> the the crew of the panthers are like how'd you get this car and he's he's trying to spin his lie and he's got a hot wire that car it reminded me a lot of johnny depp in the boots the boots that he he's not allowed to take off the the tension of he's he's at the he goes to a japanese restaurant in donnie brasco and they're like you got to remove your shoes he's like i'm not fucking removing my shoes and it becomes this huge thing (laughs) but it reminded me of this like oh you gotta like do something to prove yourself and he's able to just rig up that car I, I like that scene. What do you guys think? Oh yeah, it was great. The tension was awesome. Do, do, do you think he was hot wiring a car for the first time there? It seemed like he knew what he was doing. 
Yeah, I think he knew what he was doing. He was um, a car thief, so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. I mean, yeah, he was a car thief. Yeah, yeah you're right. How'd you get the keys? Uh, well, my fucking boy at the shop's able to make me some fucking keys. What do you think? I was like, yeah. oh, my God. Do you guys have any other favorite scenes? Um, I actually liked the uh, the scene with the, I'm going to call them rednecks for lack of a better term. I don't remember. The Patriots. The Patriots. Yeah. Um, yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed that scene a lot. It seemed like one of those one of those moments. Where, I mean, there's multiple moments throughout the film, but one of those moments where, like, word for word, you could apply the conversation to today, mm-hmm. and as well as just being that sort of under enemy lines type of war esque type of scene. I thought it was really good at accomplishing that. So yeah, that was a that was a standout for me. Um, definitely um, Chairman Hampton's last speech before he dies. I to, am- a revolution. Yeah, what an what an interesting cadence. Yeah, was, at first I was like, "What is going on here?" But then when you see the actual footage, you're like, "Oh shit!" Yeah, yeah. It's it's almost as impactful as when Christian Bale was doing the fighter, and then you saw the actual footage of the the crackhead at the end of the movie. You're like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, you fucking nailed that. Yeah, it really it really just went for it. Um, th- I mean, one of my biggest takeaways was just like what a great movie it would have been to see in theaters. Uh, and, and, you know, that that hasn't always been the case during this pandemic where, you know, a lot of these movies have kind of worked well at home. I, I, I'm thinking a lot of like the, you know, Ma Rainey and uh, One Night in Miami, you know, you know, theatrical stuff like that. It's, it's not a super cinematic experience that we were missing. And, but this one was like, man, what a bummer to have missed it. Cause like they're holding back a lot of the, you know, Top Gun Maverick. Uh, no time to die bond like these movies are like not getting released uh, but, but the ones that are dropping for the most part have been like great to watch at home and this one was, was just one that kind of struck me where it's like god uh, like what a bummer to have missed out on this experience but yeah. uh i mean I'm, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm grateful for hbo max you know uh to be able to watch them and to have you know some uh movies of substance you know it's not just tiger kings out there there's actually some stuff getting dropped that has been cool. Um, it's a fairly bare bones uh, award season in terms of like you know uh, around Christmas time and you know like the depart the Depar- or the you know going to see like the Revenant or the Hateful Eight you know like stuff like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But uh, this was this was definitely a standout one. I think. Do you think? What do you think in terms of award season? I know we were obviously talking about best supporting actor. I think that one is a lock to at least grab a nomination do you think this gets any more praise in screenplay direction i thought cinematography was actually really nice what yeah. do you think i i think it, i think we're looking at like uh yeah the two actors wherever they kind of place them um you know maybe getting a nom for lead and supporting and then i i think original song which is a category that probably needs to go away but uh, the song that plays over the credits, I believe, is original, and that was a pretty badass. Um, I, I don't have it on me. I just I, I need to look that up. But uh, the credit song I thought was really cool, and I do okay. think that it's original for the film. Yeah, there's like a I think because um, Ryan Coogler is a producer on the film. Uh, right. Also interesting how how the film Black Panther sort of led to a film about the Black Panthers, but. Um, yeah, and I know his production company. Part of their deal is they they uh, they want to release like soundtracks with all of their films that are like that have like mainstream talent on them. Sort of like because he's a child of the '90s and whatnot. Like bangers but, only. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you made us a yeah, billion I, dollars, Black Panther. You go do whatever you want. Yeah. 
I mean, for sure. But as far as like the awards go, I, I definitely, I hope, I hope the cinematography definitely gets a nod. I hope the actors get a nod. From an, from an emotional standpoint, like I want to give the movie all the awards, but I, I, I know that like when I have that um, horse in the race, it usually doesn't really go too well. So we'll see what happens, I guess. I'm looking, I'm going to be looking at your ballot. We're going to be, obviously we'll have our ballot competition here between me and Hayes, but we will also be posting your ballot as well. So I think a movie like this is tough, right? To really generate enough buzz. I mean, it's really late in the cycle and I know they've, they've extended it for a reason. And like I said, the awards uh, aren't held until, you know, April 25th. So there's definitely time to build momentum here. You know, we haven't really had any, any award shows and God knows there's plenty of them. Um, yeah, I, I, it's, it'd be interesting to see how this shakes out. I think like me and Bob were talking about in the last uh, episode, we were going through the, the Globe noms. It's like, there's so much representation here. I think it's going to be a great year in terms of like awarding and recognizing like a lot of different voices, deservedly so. Um, and just some great performances. You know, we've had Chadwick, we've got these guys, um, you know, Carrie Mulligan, um, uh, in Regina King, first time director, uh, you know, just, just first time director. yeah, yeah, quite a few. Um, so yeah, it, it should be interesting just, just to see, I, I think, I don't, I don't see any sweeps. I don't see, you know, like Lord of the Rings, uh, <laughs> return of the King, just winning everything. I think we're going to see a lot of, um, I, I think we could see, uh, best picture, a, a different movie win for best director uh, and then all the, uh, the actor awards, I think will come from different scattered, movies. Yeah. yeah. So cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, there we go. Um, yeah, definitely recommend. It's a, it's a great one. There's, there's quite a lot to watch out there, but uh, this is definitely should be top of the list for, for most people, I think. I What's next on your uh, viewing agendas here, guys? I, I'm kind of, uh, after I saw, I, I went back and watched Crimson Tide with Denzel, you know, like, like we were talking about before the little things. And I'm, I kind of want to get back to watching more like, you know, 90s blockbusters. You know, I, I, I almost kind of want to watch uh, Hunt for Red October just to, to keep the submarine vibes okay. going. But I, I was thinking about like Apollo 13. I, I, I don't know. Just, uh, there's Apollo nothing Apollo really... 13. I still need to see the Tom Hanks, speaking of, Tom Hanks, the Tom Hanks News of the World or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, I've been chipping world. away at Your Honor, which is a Showtime show with my boy, Brian Cranston. Mm-hmm. So that's where good? I've been spending some energy. Yes, it, it is really good. Uh, also, some some themes around race in New Orleans. Uh, Minari, I'm excited to finally get my hands on. Whenever yeah, that's what I've got my eye on as well. And then Nomadland. 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 Yeah, those two. Those are uh, those are playing in uh, there. There's a there's a drive-in in Santa Monica opening up that's playing first run movies. Um, and so Minari and Nomadland are going to be there, which is kind of cool. Uh, I I don't know if you guys have been to any drive-ins, although it's probably not the weather for it <laughs> anymore. But we can't drive right now down the streets in Chicago. <laughs> let alone sit in a big yard and watch a movie. But uh, yeah, maybe in the spring we'll check out Nomadland at the driver. <laughs> uh, all right, cool, man. Well, yeah, uh, Barry, uh, nice to finally see you in person and chat with you. Yeah, for sure. This was nice. Cool, man. All right, you know. all right guys. Was fun. Hey, everyone. Like and subscribe. Wash your hands. Treat each other with respect. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Here we go. So get your best